1: Yeah no but it's it's good you're late. Uh so I'm going no carb lately, which Ooh. means I'm drinking vodka and tonic water. So I may <laughs> be a little bit more lit than normal <laughs> for, oh, for this yes. episode yes. of the Army One podcast. Yeah. Oh,
0: perfect. That's what the off-season is for, is just just oh. testing the limits of litness. Oh I'm, litness. It's a litness test! Ah! <laughs> Everyone pulling a football podcast brought to you by I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined, as always, by Just Clark Barnes and Mr.
2: Class Jordan Smith. Guys, how are you? Doing great, Pete. Doing good, doing good. Got the Peachwood IPA. I'm ready. Ooh. Tommy Knocker.
0: I'm rocking the Congress Street IPA from Trillium, which is a local Boston brewery. And it's the first time I've ever had Trillium, which is kind of a... Uh, Kind of a defense for having been in Boston for at least a year now and have not had, had any trillion. So it's good.
1: I approve. And as something I'm sure all of the listeners are really worried about, we need to exchange addresses so that we can settle up on these yeah. beer bets. Fellas. We do. We'll do. We'll do that. And maybe... We can
0: discuss because maybe um, you know maybe in the off season before free agency starts maybe we have a little uh, maybe we have a little uh, off season beer betting episode so we can either settle up beforehand or we can settle up afterwards. Oh,
1: Pete, you're talking my language. Anything that involves gambling, I am in. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. That's how we how we
0: make it through the off season is just by uh, gambling beers away. i
2: think. I haven't gambled on anything since the Super Bowl, and it's I'm fiending right now. I feel like a Dave Chappelle meme.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've that gambling. You got some one
1: of
2: my things favorite things
0: about when
1: I go to Las Vegas is that, like, I don't have to bet a lot to get the sensation. So, like, the ten dollar blackjack or the like five dollar minimum roulette, I'm good on that. Yeah. So we don't need to bet like cars or anything, but like delicious beers, putting our money where our mouth right? is. I just,
0: I just think it's, it's the best of both worlds because you know when it comes to it, you're like, hey, uh, a nice six pack or a nice four pack of beer, it's like what, maybe eighteen bucks, and then shipping is four, bu- well, however much, you know, you're oh under, tw- you're under thirty bucks. You're under <laughs> the 30. shipping's
1: gonna be the biggest thing. I the don't know about your doing just doing as doing much as the beer.
0: That was just wildly yeah. poor calculations on my part. <laughs>
1: and i gotta ship you that ratchet set and screwdriver set sure. for your wedding that's, that's also on the. <laughs>
0: it's also on the list it's also
1: written down yeah there's
0: a there's a lot there's a lot of shipping that's gonna get done so uh fedex or ups we could work directly through you if you want to sponsor the who podcast. is interested
1: yeah yeah who I wants
0: mean, who wouldn't want to sponsor this gambling addicted podcast
1: yeah exactly
0: that's the way to do it um we have a lot to t- cover today. Um, we've already just, oh my goodness, I have all my notes in front of me. And I the the NFL offseason has started, you guys. Things are going down. So we've got lots to talk about in the news. And then we're going to play a little game. Uh, we're going to pretend to be the Browns GM and uh, take that team from 0-16 to at least 2-14. I feel like that is a pretty big accomplishment. <laughs> if you're able to get two wins with, with a newly constructed Browns team, hey, we'll count that as a win. But before we start, Clark, uh, how excited are you for this show?
1: I am exceptionally stoked. We're starting to really get into the offseason. We have the combine starting soon and we, we're starting to see a few trades going around in the NFL. Like We're really heating up for the offseason and there will be that lull after the draft and after the league season opens, but right now this is like a this is one of my favorite times of the year.
2: Beautiful. beautiful. Today, today is the day that I was getting excited about other grown men's weight and hand size and height. <laughs> today was that day. It's such it's kept.
0: such a rare a rare day in anyone's life, but it is a day you truly treasure when you can marvel at a at a ten inch hand.
2: Yes, the underwear Olympics. I love this time of year. It's
0: the best. It's the best. The NFL has been tweeting out all of their like old videos from previous uh, combines, and it's amazing to see just the out how the outfits have changed. It's like back in like the early 2000s and late 90s, people are in like baggy shirts and baggy shorts, and now it's just like basically compression tights and a compression tank top uh, in order to (laughs) minimize your your speed, which is. Uh, very flattering on the uh, the men in the trenches.
1: And the whole time, I'm just wondering, should I have taken work off so that I can see live when some massive man's donger makes just it out come, of Just
0: his sliding out of his shorts. <laughs> I, I feel like that's one of the most important things to, to leave work for and, and to witness firsthand.
1: You know, people tune into NASCAR for the crashes. I tune into the combine wondering if something like that Gonna I
0: just again. tune in because I love, there's not, there are very few things I love more than hearing, we're uh, hearing Mike Mayock kind of like stumble through trying to like correct whatever just witnessed. Like when the guy's dog, comes out, and he's just like, oh, oh, uh, <laughs> all right, then that was a penis. <laughs> it's
1: like, <laughs> it's a good thing women don't watch this or else <laughs> they would be very disappointed. Uh, may. Maybe. Yeah.
2: You know, um, as, as a track sprinter in college, we had to wear similar compression type unis, like, almost every day, and especially for track meets. You kind of just pretend that what's happening downstairs just isn't happening. <laughs> you, just, you just keep the eyes waist up, waist level and above. Yep, you got to keep your eyes forward, otherwise it shortens your stride, so don't look down <laughs> at <laughs> Uh, what you your, just
0: sprint so you look over happy. and you're just like so distracted that you just trip up on your own feet i feel like that could be a strategy i wonder I have, if people start stuffing their crotches so that they uh distract <laughs> the other runners
1: i have always wondered jordan thank you that provides a lot of insight yeah <laughs>
0: um good should we uh tackle some nfl news Why let's not? do it There's I, mean, good news I, mean, out there. I mean let's do it let's do it uh let's start with Maybe a point of contention. I know we had uh, a slight conversation about this on the Slack channel, but Blake Bortles is your quarterback for the future, or at least the next couple of years in Jacksonville. He signed a three-year, $54 million deal, including $26.5 million in guaranteed cash monies. Um, But it's an NFL contract, and they're weird and crazy, and basically the Jags, I'm sure, can get out of Bortles' contract in like the next two years. All right. I don't know. Clark, uh, t- talk to me about this because you you instantly came to uh, Mr. Bortles' defense.
1: Yeah. So, as someone who lived through the 74 million four year contract for Brock Osweiler fiasco, uh, I do feel like it's worth saying that this Blake Bortles contract is essentially a lot of guaranteed money up front for this season where the Jaguars had no options. They, it, there was nothing that they could do. And then from my understanding, they've got about 7 or $8 million due or in a cap hit next year for him. And then the third year is a team option. So with the position that they're in, this is a good contract for the Jaguars, and it's a good contract for Blake Bortles. So if we see him take the steps forward that we saw in the playoffs next year, he's going to be very well compensated this year. He's going to get a good contract next year, and he'll be a little wanting – in year three the jaguars will be able to renegotiate then if he steps up and improves we get a little quick on the trigger uh saying that people have failed and their busts so I, I like giving people time to improve i mean let's look at kirk cousins if if you're curious about where i'm coming from so so this is a good deal for everyone the jaguars have no options here they went ahead and signed him to what seems like a big contract, but is a very team-friendly contract. So they got a couple years to see where they're at. Uh, later in the show, in our Browns GM, what would you do segment, hmm. we may hear something from the Browns and Jaguars, possibly striking a deal to exchange oh, some oh. draft picks. But this is a good deal for the Jaguars. Such it's a good days. deal for the for the uh, Blake Bortles camp. It's not a $54 million three-year deal. It's a one-and-a-half-year deal at about $30 million. That's it. I
0: am very impressed. That was a beautiful explanation. I am completely sold. I My only notes that I had on here was just that it's like the Jaguars game planned around and like tried to limit as much as they could Blake Bortles' mistakes, so why would you bring those mistakes back in-house? But I think you're right. There's not a lot of options out there unless you're like what, willing to make a gigantic investment. The investment they did make in Blake Bortles, if he returns to people, forget. I mean, two or three years ago, the dude was both a fantasy and a, was very good. Uh, I mean, he was able to, he scored a lot of them touchdowns and threw for a lot yeah. of them yards.
1: I don't yeah, know. If dude, good is, good is dude's three. been trash for a long time. He's not great. But if we've seen his arc of development, over what he did this year and then he he performed really well in the playoffs i thought and if this is his jumping off point to maturing as a quarterback and becoming a viable option at quarterback then then this is a great deal for the jaguars and if it's not they can still get out of it and blake bortles i think knows that he hasn't done enough to demand dare i say kirk cousins money so this is just let's not get too excited about the years and the money this is a fine contract for the quarterback we're gonna see this with quarterbacks that kind of wallow after their fourth or fifth year but there's no great options out there this just tells me that the jags are giving up on the kirk cousin sweepstakes
2: jordan do you have any details to add um yeah i know, I know a lot of people might have been worried that blake bortles was gonna get like a Matthew Stafford type of contract or so, but this is actually a really good deal. Um, some notes they did release Chris Ivory to save about three and a half mil. Um oh, pour and, one out. Pour oh, some out for Chris, Chris Ivory, Ivory, man. Oh I hope he finds his his way back maybe to the Jets. Um <laughs> oh, I, so mean. I know. I just wanted to do that on purpose. The most backhanded um, compliment I hope you have a team and I hope it's the Jets. <laughs> Or, hey, maybe the other team in New York who currently needs a running back because they never seem to have one. But they um they still have roughly thirty one million in cap space left, so they can still do some things. I know they have two wide receivers that need some new deals. um, But the cap hit, especially for next season on Blake Bortles, is only around ten million dollars. Which so for, for a starting quarterback in this league and this
0: time period is not it's pretty good
2: yeah, and it helps him this year. um so that's ten million next year sixteen, the one after that. that's not terrible for a starting quarterback. and i yeah, I do think you're right, Clark. I think they gave him basically a one and a half year deal where if he starts to suck after year two, then you know what? They're drafting him and are drafting another quarterback, and he's essentially the bridge quarterback in that third year. so they're not locked up for 5 or 6 years of Blake Bortles contract quarterback you know Brock Osweiler type of thing but very yeah, manageable
1: i'm with you but i think the timeline is a little bit more advanced i think if Blake Bortles regresses to what we've seen this year and we have 16 games of that yeah then the jaguars make him the bridge quarterback year after next and and draft someone to compete with him in kind of year or two of this contract, and then they can get yeah. out of it. So. Yep.
0: Uh let's move on to uh the first trade of the offseason. Uh Chiefs, well, ex-Chiefs cornerback, Marcus Peters, traded to the Rams. The Chiefs sent Peters and a sixth round pick to the Rams for this year's fourth and a next year's second, which I am right because I did research, but that just sounds like the highway robbery like the fact that the i understand whatever character issues there were in house and maybe the chiefs it seems like the chiefs higher-ups were not going to pay marcus peters the top cornerback price that he was eventually going to uh uh ask for but uh, that's that is i feel like any team would make that trade in a heartbeat for a player who
2: has put together just an absurd resume since coming into the league I want to get this name right. Uh, Kendall Fuller, because remember they are getting him in the Alex Smith trade. Oh, that's true. But when that happened, I was kind of excited because I thought they were going to pair him. Who's a pretty solid young corner with Marcus Peters. Um, But I guess, You know, word on the street, Marcus Peters was a little bit difficult to coach, um, which I guess you can kind of see that because he does offer a lot of space between him and the receiver. I think, according to advanced stats, that he was like the second or he gave up the second most like cushion to wide receivers. But that kind of paid off because he was able to take some gambling and get a lot of interceptions. Obviously, Um, you got to think that maybe. A coach like Wade Phillips could kind of get to him. Um, look what he did with Aqib Talib, who was another problem child. So I think the Rams ended up getting a pretty good deal here, a starting cornerback. And now they don't have to make tough decisions on Tremaine Johnson or LaMarcus Joyner as far as who gets the big contract and who gets the franchise tag. Now it's kind of like we already got a good cornerback locked up. Let's make a move on one of these guys. And Clark and I touched on this before we
0: started recording, um, just that there've been a lot of people writing and talking about the fact that there's people are expecting a lot of trades going down this off season. And just that it makes sense because the Rams didn't give up conceivably really that much for Marcus Peters for an established talent in the NFL. And they still have two years of his rookie contract. He's still under his rookie contract for two years. So they're not going to need to pay him anything until 20, whatever, 20, really. Um, Like that is it? it Seems to me like a no brainer. Like, what the hell are you going to take in that next year's second round pick? That's going to be better
2: than what Marcus Peters has already shown to be able to produce and do. You're seeing this with like the Rams are doing this, especially and a few other teams around the league. Um, I think the Eagles snagged a few guys like this, but they're grabbing up some solid players who are still on rookie deals and flipping, you know, a few draft picks for them because these teams like the Eagles and the Rams of the league, they are ready to go right now. Like they are ready to make that push and they're filling the void with cheap contracts, a la Seattle Seahawks. Only they're not drafting these players. They're trading for them instead.
1: Yeah. And I think from a, from a business perspective, what we're seeing here is that the chiefs have what they perceive apparently and and. I'm looking in, as Sigmund Bloom likes to say, I'm peeking through the uh, keyholes here to try to figure out what's going on. Uh, so from a business perspective, the Chiefs organization has an employee who they feel like they cannot manage. And so because they feel like they cannot manage that employee, they're looking to move that employee off to another organization to just get something back because in their minds, I feel like they've just decided like our relationship is not working. Like they don't like the management or they don't like our system or for whatever reason, we're not simpatico with this guy. So we just want to move him somewhere else. And what I like about the trade for the Rams is they're taking on all of the risk Again, from a management perspective, saying, you feel like you can't get through to this guy or that he's a problem for you, and I feel like we can. So they're pairing him with a coach like Wade Phillips. They're electing to take the talent and looking to to manage whatever the problems might be. And I feel like teams that take that chance, that have good management structures, can really win. And so I really like this trade for the Rams because you're getting an obvious talent. We've seen him play for a couple of years in the NFL. He's obviously good. I have no insight into what he's like in the locker room or what he's like in meetings. But this is essentially one organization saying our management is better than yours and we will be able to work with this person. And I think that's a bold move, and I think that's a lot of what we've seen out of the Rams lately with hiring such a young coach, letting that coach bring in Wade Phillips as the defensive coordinator slash co-coach. Slash and, genius. And, 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 and so it's in line with what they are doing, and it'll be really interesting to see how that turns out because I, I'm a, I'm an analyst in my not- not podcasting job (laughs) and so as a manager one of my flaws is i always feel like i can reach the person and i can turn them around and so we'll see in the nfl and we'll see with this trade for the rams can they reach that person and can they reform this person because this could also be a case of the chief's management just being shitty it's not necessarily that this person's a problem We've seen that with the 49ers and Colin Kaepernick. Like, how dare you try to raise awareness with these social justice issues? We don't want to do that. And so that's the kind of scale that we're working with when we're talking about these kinds of trades. And I think the teams that are aggressive and I think the teams that invest in better management and player development are going to really win here. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this turns out with the Rams, because if they can take this obvious talent who another team thought was a problem child and turn him into a contributor for a second round pick. I mean, they have just nailed this trade
0: hundred percent. And before we move on, uh, you have to also remember, I mean, quote unquote problem child or difficult in the locker room or difficult wherever. And he's two years in the league. That means what he's 22 years old. Yeah these guys are like super who was shit when they were 22 years old, like you're just out of college and you don't know how to operate in the real world. And suddenly you're millions of dollars richer and you're de-
1: you're a professional f- f- athlete. Like, of course you're going to have some diff- like some time to adjust. Exactly. So sometimes having someone in the organization that can have a discussion with you person to person can really affect like the rest of your life. Like right. I've had these moments, in my professional development where People have had hard conversations with me about why I felt things weren't working how I thought they should. And after this difficult conversation, I clearly saw what adjustments I needed to make to be successful. And again, you nailed it. This guy's 22, he's 24. Like we talk about these guys like they're like us. Right. And they're not, they're so young. And that doesn't excuse any kind of bad behavior, but it should at least be considered when we talk about their career arc maybe they just need someone to have a difficult conversation with them and they will just bloom after that that's always a possibility with these young guys
2: i think from the from the chiefs perspective too i know marcus peters is still young but i think they wanted to recoup some assets as far as draft capital because i think with the move on from alex smith they're ready to go to patrick mahomes i think they're kind of resetting their timeline they have kareem hunt there travis kelsey's still young they just brought in kendall fuller who's another young piece um Derek johnson was let go um they let him walk i think they're kind of resetting they've had their butt kicked in the afc championship game or to the patriots basically just about every playoff season for the past like six years and i think maybe they might be resetting a little bit which is okay i think that makes a lot of sense
0: uh let's tackle two quick things left in the news before we get on to um, all playing the role of gms um quickly two cuts that came down and one of them is devastating to the fantasy world you guys oh, mike glennon got cut
1: from the bears
0: i i honestly don't know how the fantasy world is going to recuperate from this loss because that's a big one
1: yeah uh i'm gonna go grab a beer real quick while y'all <laughs> um also uh the bear
0: the panthers cut jonathan stewart which I'm very curious about to see what this does for Christian McCaffrey, because I had a conversation with some peeps on Twitter about this as to whether or not this actually really helps Christian McCaffrey's fantasy value. Um, Cause I personally think that it, I think it will. I think that Christian McCaffrey through his time at Stanford ran very well between the tackles and can is able to do that, perform that role, be a between the tackles runner. Uh, And I'll be interested to see if the Panthers say like, Hey, Christian McCaffrey, it's all on you now. Like let's, let's get you be the running game. Or if they're going to bring in some sort of bigger body bruising back to kind of pair for short yardage, blah, 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 take on a Jonathan Stewart role now that he's gone
2: yeah, I think the Panthers have been doing this for years where they have the thunder and lightning combo of a big back with Jonathan Stewart and whether that's D'Angelo Williams or um Christian McCaffrey. And I think maybe they could be unlocking something if they just let Christian McCaffrey right. kind of run free here. They don't have to um, they don't have to th- trot him out there on third down. and the defense is like, oh, Christian McCaffrey's out here. They're passing the ball, guys. Surprise. Yeah. You know, like they might be unleashing something in this offense where he's an every down back. We know he can do it. And shoot, I think just give him the ball. Just you don't have, have to run. You spent the sp- ninth overall pick on him. Like, let him play. Yeah. Like, you don't have to run special plays and packages. Obviously, he had a difficult time with that this past year. Just let him be the back. Mm-hmm
1: yeah i like both of these perspectives and as a fallback plan uh i love d'angelo williams i think when he came into the league he was electric and he was really a fantastic player i think as he's aged and as he's had some injury problems he's kind of fallen back to the pack on what you can get in free agency and what you can draft so i think letting him go is fine because that skill set if you are looking for a counter to Christian McCaffrey you can get a back that can stuff it in between the guards and stuff it in between the tackles in the fourth or fifth round and you're gonna get a great player and you're not gonna to have to play you're not gonna to have to pay him very much so I, I like the idea of let's stop treating Christian McCaffrey as a gimmicky kind of back which I think is how he was viewed deployed yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. And saying, like, let's treat him like a real back with a good young guy behind him who, when it's first and goal from the one, let's not run our 180-pound little scat back right up in there. But still, uh, some kind of balance, don't pigeonhole Christian McCaffrey into just this one, like, we're going to pass role see how it works out you can replace jonathan stewart what he is now you can replace him in the draft with a very serviceable good running back who could even pop and then you have another thunder and lightning and i hate the thunder and lightning idea in a backfield because it pigeonholes two people in roles and like you guys said when you see player x in the backfield you know what's coming and we see player y in the Mm -hmm. backfield you know what's coming You should just have two guys that can do everything.
0: There's our new new podcast mission. Don't pigeonhole Christian McCaffrey. Hashtag
1: don't don't pigeonhole Christian McCaffrey. Get it trending on Twitter, everyone. If you're going to spend that kind of draft capital on him, don't you just have to at least see? Because the knock against him... as
0: as As you're starting running back.
1: Yeah, I mean, the knock against him coming out is that he can't run inside, but all of the tape that I saw from him... Uh, running at Stanford is that yes he was small but he was willing to run inside and that's I think in today's NFL that's really all you need like we've seen New Orleans do this really well with Kamara and Ingram like they just stuff those guys in between the tackles every once in a while just so that the defense knows this could be coming and then they exploit their skills on the other plays yep. and I think McCaffrey's good enough to at least just keep you honest.
2: Totally, totally. I totally think so. Um, In in the spirit of age, too, McCaffrey is only going to be turning 22 this summer. It's completely possible for him to put on a few pounds so he could take a beating inside, too, and he'll still be able to maintain his pass There's a big difference
0: between what you're able to do in a workout regimen when you are a student in college and quote-unquote going to classes, and when it's your livelihood to just work out all of the time
1: and yeah. especially we have to keep in mind like when you're an athlete at alabama you're being paid to work out and to perform on the field but when you're an athlete at stanford you are probably expected you are, to, go you to are you're in student wow yeah. yeah i mean you're gonna kind of have to do the whole class thing sorry alabama if anybody would like to come on and defend your honor <laughs> we would love to have <laughs> you love to have <laughs> you, you on the podcast yeah
0: um final point in the news oh my goodness so much news today final point in the news uh Matt Forte retires this kind of caught me not by surprise because like I just was like oh my god Matt Forte retired but also just like for whatever reason man I just totally missed this news drop like I was packing up to like head home from the office and all of a sudden it was just like oh Matt Forte retired when did that happen and I looked and Sheffy tweeted it like four hours ago and I was like good lord um yeah, Matt Forte is like one of those... I feel like he's one of those quiet masters where you look at his stats and you're suddenly like, oh, shit, this dude is really good. Uh, if you take all of his numbers into consideration, he's one of six running backs in NFL history to have 9,000 rushing yards and four 4,500-plus uh, receiving yards in a career. The other five backs are Ladanian Thomason, Walter Payton, Marshall Falk, Tiki Barber, and uh, Marcus Allen. So, Matt Forte, you... Uh, yeah. Cheers to you. You've uh, established your. You cemented your legacy in uh, in NFL history.
1: I really like that phrase of a quiet master because, from the fantasy perspective, Matt Forte was always the guy that you picked late in the second round that just carried you just to kept, the championship. Kept, yeah,
0: just always got mm-hmm. you solid points.
1: He, he, as a football fan, he was a fantastic specimen and wonderful player. He never really got the limelight because of the teams that he played with but he he really was amazing and uh with fantasy you know draft season approaching there's a lot of arguments about like would i rather be a year early or a year late and matt forte is the poster child for why you might argue i would rather be a year late because matt forte was that guy for like five years we kept seeing him put up All of this production, even on bad teams, in bad situations, he was always just so good. And he was such a pleasure to watch, even though, again, he played for the Bears, who were just
0: terrible. I was going to say, Jordan, as an NFC North fan, give us your
2: favorite Matt Forte memory. Man, as a Packers fan, Matt Forte was just annoying. So that's how you know he was like a very yeah, confirmation a very solid exactly. running back. Yep. Um, I don't have anything actually too specific because unfortunately I think they did waste a lot of his prime talent there because there was obviously no quarterback there to kind of supplement the what? offense. Jay Cutler, not a starting quarterback? Oh yeah, I forgot they had Jay Cutler. That I, just, I, just, I just legit forgot point. Jay Cutler your point there. Right there. Jay Cutler, great Green Bay Packer. Um, but yeah, that's Matt Forte. That's the perfect way to describe him is basically a silent assassin for fantasy purposes and across the NFL. You just he was consistent. You knew what you were getting out of him.
1: Um, such a good player. A little bit like I don't want to draw this comparison because I don't want people to freak out. But like an amazing player on a bad team, a la Barry Sanders. Right, like he's yeah. he, he was not as talented as Barry Sanders, but keep in mind I hold Barry Sanders in the utmost respect as like one of the most amazing football players I've ever seen. But the idea that you're like you're clearly watching the best guy on the team just carry this team and he's a running back and he's not getting any help from anywhere. That was kind of Matt Forte's career and for a often, lot of his career. Often the
0: best player just on the field.
1: Yeah. Yeah, super, super
0: Super good at
1: several different aspects of being a running back. And just one of those kind of like Andre Johnson slash Barry Sanders things of like when you get stuck with the shitty team. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're only one man.
0: Uh, Matt, if you want to come on and be a either reoccurring guest or even just hey come over and uh, be a host take over my job i will happily let you host the rb1 podcast matt forte if you in your retired days want to just become a podcast host for a, a small little uh fantasy football podcast i mean who says no come on matt you know you want
1: it yeah but last thing in case matt forte is listening i really enjoyed watching you play and just such a great player one of those guys that i really think we should stop and kind of recognized as like he's retiring he was such a good player it was so much fun to watch him play it 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 was really an an
0: honor and a privilege we're gonna have a goddamn memorial when larry fitzgerald eventually retires
1: oh yeah like i might need Mm -hmm. it's gonna be be a full (laughs) podcast
0: of drinking in tears and just like recounting larry fitzgerald's career because there are very few players in the nfl nay professional sports who i idolize and like look up to more than larry Fitzgerald. he's a perfect human being um,
2: screaming why couldn't you put him on a better team football gods i know
0: well there you go there's the news everyone that's the nfl in a nutshell um and now we get on to our main event uh so you're the browns gm that's what i've decided to call it uh the game is simple. Obviously we talked about the opening of the show and it's very self-explanatory. You each of us have suddenly become the GM for the Browns and we explained how we detect the offseason. Now, the natural question might arise in your head, oh, but uh, why the Browns? All right, well, very obvious reasons. One, they suck, okay? They're coming off an 0 and 16 season and they are 1 in 31 in the last 2 years, which is just absurd just absolutely absurd that they have won only one game in the last two years but um they have almost 100 million dollars in cap space cap space which is the most in the nfl and they have two of the top four picks uh they're a whole they've got two in the top five four in the top 35 five in the top 60 seven in the top 180 and they got 12 picks overall so there is a whole bunch of different pathways and avenues and things and just shit that the Browns can get into. Um, and they are a team that literally can just go in any direction and need all of the help they can get. So we decided since cap management and, and draft is very sexy this time of year, we decided to each play this role and kind of give our template for how we would approach the offseason and save the browns and give them at least two year uh two wins heading into 2018 um so I think the best way to approach this is to just hand over the floor to one of us they just we go to town on our whole plan we maybe have a quick mild discussion and we pass the uh, torch around so does anyone have the inclining to uh
1: to go first we know I'm not bashful Pete go ahead Clark. I'll go first tell us your plan okay so uh i i really like this segment because it's like what would you do if you had all the money in the world but were terrible uh so i i don't think Deshaun kaiser did a really bad job last year i went back and watched a lot of the games This is the dedication that I have to the podcast.
0: I'm impressed, right? Just by bringing that mere factoid up.
1: I elected to go watch a bunch of the Browns games from last year. So if nothing else, I want the little like...
0: We we should all... Wait, let's just take a moment of silence to let that fact really sink in.
1: I want the, the presidential Silver Star. Like, I would have done more scouting if I was in that position. Yeah. Kind of
0: recognition Acumen here. I understand. So, so like you,
1: you've I, I think Sean Kaiser showed us a lot of good things as a as a prospect that when he was drafted we knew that he was a little raw and then he was going to need time to develop. Nevertheless, my my first move as Browns GM would I I would hire Matt Waldman of Football Guys Fame as my <laughs> director of scouting and pro personnel. I think that the Browns have done an incredibly mediocre job paying off the picks that they do make while they are embracing the idea of, like, let's just trade back a couple of spots and pick up a bunch of late round picks. Clearly, when you go 0 and 16, it seems like a lot of those picks aren't paying off. So I replaced my scouting director. Uh, so I've got the 101. And I'm really excited about that. And everybody is saying, I use that to pick my QB of the future. But what I do is I trade out of it. I know that the Broncos are very interested in a quarterback. I know that the Jets are very interested in a quarterback. And they're sitting number five and number six. I know that they probably want to get ahead of the Giants. All the smoke coming from Giants camp is that they're not going to pick quarterback. But why would you not pick a quarterback when you are literally clutching to Eli Manning's last leg? So they're due. So you use that as leverage to tell them, hey, let's get you 101. I'll trade back four spots, but I am going to need next year's first round pick from you. So you trade back at 101. That's my first move. 104, depending how things work out, if he's there and if he's available uh i'm okay taking saquon barkley here because the the little tape that i've seen from him man he looks really good he looks really he look. he looks really good and if and i don't like the idea of spending a fourth pick on a running back just in general because you can get alvin kamara in the second or third apparently But, man, he looks really good. And if you're looking to establish an attitude as a team, you can go ahead and spend that capital there. Um, I am willing to trade out of that spot, though, if I have to, Uh, to another team that is QB needy. If the Broncos or the Jets didn't come up to 101, you look to parlay that position to the other team hoping that they want Sam Darnold or something like that, and this is how it's broken out. Because what I'm going to do as the Browns GM is I'm going to take a big swing, and I am picking... What's his name? Here, I've got it here. Kareem... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Pete,
1: you're going to have to edit this for me. Oh, hell no! <laughs> uh,
2: what I'm taking
1: Lamar Jackson... Oh, yeah. Either in a trade with the Patriots to get back into the first round so that I can have my fifth year option, or I'm taking him as the first pick in the second round. Depending on how it goes. Yes, I love it. All right. I can't spoil my my whole plan. The comparisons that I'm hearing, and I, I only watched one game from him, but hearing the people who i really respect in the community talk about his talent and the one game that i've seen from him they're saying a la michael vick with more accuracy Mm -hmm. when you have an opportunity to get a person like that i don't care if i have to wait three years i don't care if i had to develop this person i want this person on my football team so i'm picking him I'm taking all of these tradebacks to continue what the Browns have been doing, which I like because there's not a whole lot of really good free agents available. And as the cap expands, we're not going to have a lot of free agents available. Teams are going to sign the people that are actually good. So the only people that are going to be available are the guys that we see this year where like either the team just can't afford it or they have a lot of question marks. And so I want to trade back into the draft a couple of times. I want I'll I'll take a shot on Barkley if I can get him and I want to walk, I want to walk away from the draft with Lamar. So then after after the draft, I signed Deion Lewis. Yep. You know you know that was coming. Yeah, I mean, clearly if
0: if if Clark is the GM of the Browns and has a chance to get Deion Lewis, uh,
1: he, he he getting Deion Lewis. If I am the GM of any team, <laughs> I am signing Deion Lewis. <laughs> I think that Duke Johnson is amazing. I think he is a great talent that hasn't been quite realized yet. So I try to get Dion Lewis as my like power back. Yes, I understand what that means. And then Duke Johnson as my backup because I think those guys are just interchangeable. I'm very excited. I have so much cap that I'm signing one of these corners that are available i love malcolm butler like why not get him on your team i'm not saying he's patrick peterson but you have all of this cap space like let's look to improve the secondary uh, i'm gonna go ahead and sign that guard that is out there <laughs> just that one whatever his i don't name know is. much about offensive line but, but apparently uh, but there's, there's a really that guard, guard that's on top
0: of everyone's list so we're doing yeah.
1: him he's like number eight so i'm gonna go out and get him as well And then uh, my last big move is I'm going to trade my last pick in the second round and maybe a little sweetener if I have to to sign Jarvis Landry, who I give a four-year deal to. Yeah. So that I have Corey Coleman, Jarvis Landry, and Josh Gordon as my receivers. Yeah. We carry some cap over into next year. And we try to reset the nucleus on this team. I want three wins. That's my That's goal. All you I need. Three wins. That's
0: all you need. All you need is three wins. I am. Hey, man. That's I, my plan. I like it. I like it. That is a successful plan. I like everything about it. And if and if we were really good and we knew who is the GM, who's the actual GM of the Even draft?
1: though I can't remember sure the, reaching out to of tell the him people's to names to the that I would sign or draft. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the point. That's not the point. I have, I have people that take care of that for me. Exactly. And so
0: I I have to give you credit for uh, spicing up your your coaching staff. That is a move that I did not do, though I I haven't thought about, about just wasting Hugh Jackson because, good God, how does that man still have a job in Cleveland? But, anyways, the biggest thing is, and you, and you, I'm amazed, I'm amazed that, and I'm happy to hear that you're on a similar wavelength. I thought I was going to just destroy the world by bringing up lamar jackson um but i'm very glad that lamar jackson is on people's lists
1: because there's so much good buzz around what he might be this whole i'm this the whole kind like, of person i want to see that i want that person on my team
0: this whole this whole like oh he should be a wide receiver it's such oh, a fu- goddamn fucking joke i'm sorry that's no.
1: fucking racist it's so, it's so that's all God. that is i'm fucking serious that's racist shit
0: it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent because you look at, you look at uh, who's the guy out of Wyoming who everyone's blowing. Josh, Josh Allen, Allen, who Ugh. is just like has the exact same issues. He's like, uber athletic, but can't throw the ball worth a damn. And like uh, all these things where everyone's like, oh, well, he's a project. He's worth it. You can do it. And they're like Lamar Jackson. He's like, well, his accuracy is a big issue. And and does he really is can he really stand in the pocket and handle handle the pressure of uh, being an NFL quarterback? Maybe you should just play right. It's just uh, it's, it's garbage.
1: So I live in Austin. So I'm in UT territory. Do you know why UT has been terrible for so many years, despite being the best college in Texas to go to play football at it's because every athletic Brown person that they recruit, they think not quarterback worthy. We want you to be a safety trash. And it's,
2: of, like, like, and it's like, it's like Vince Young did not win them a national title. Right. <laughs> right. Just, I just rubble <sighs> rubble. I have some, I'm sorry. as far as the, the Josh Allen thing, I'm not in on Josh Allen for God. any reason. And the big boards with Mel Kiper having him number one overall. Yeah. Not no Lamar Jackson, though 2015 through 2017, accuracy increases 54% in 2015, 56 in 2016, 59% last year. The dude is improving, guys. And that is what you like to see out of that's a what you want your number one me. overall pick. And haven't we seen enough with
1: players? who just make plays yeah can't we just recognize that like everybody was Everyone. worried about Deshaun watson's hey, arm yes. power like guys sometimes players are good and they make plays and i know that's kind of like neanderthal analysis but like sometimes people are just good and maybe they don't look exactly like what you think your quarterback should look like but when they're good maybe you should develop around them Instead of expecting them to fit into some mold that you've created for no reason. And the NFL draft is such a crapshoot. All of these guys should be looking for anything to improve their hit rate. My body is
0: just flailing around here because I'm just agreeing with every single word that is coming out of (laughs) Clark's mouth. Uh, Jordan, let's hear your plan for how you're going to bring the Browns to uh, three wins in 2018.
2: Yeah, so scarily similar to uh, Clark's analysis for a lot of his players that he wants to bring in. So I think we might have to collaborate and save the Browns. Um, I used over the caps salary cap calculator. Shout out to over the cap. Yes, I love salary cap calculator on over the cap. (laughs) So Um, sexy. 2018, it says their cap room is 109,494,537 US dollars. So <laughs> that's I. That's like Elon up. Musk money. Why,
0: that's, they can do whatever they <laughs> money. My God.
2: I straight up went off of those numbers. Um, first, I had to calculate Josh Gordon's um, exclusive rights, free agency contract, uh, which comes out to $790,000, which is a drop in the bucket compared to their cap space. It's free. Um, free. Yeah. And this is this portion too, because I knew I wanted to bring in some sort of, because I'm sorry, I'm kind of out on Deshaun Kaiser. I know he's young. I know he was a rookie last year. But I'm the GM now, and I got to bring in my guy cause I'm I'm because I am the one that's liable. <laughs> um, at first, at first, I brought in A.J. McCarran because for whatever reason, he wants to go play for the Browns. And I was going to offer him a three-year deal that's like along the lines of the Mike Glennon deal. That's like a $14 million cap hit. And then like an out after like two years or a year or so. I forget whatever it is. But then I scribbled his name out. I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to give that contract to one Josh McCown because I think he is a better bridge quarterback. He's a little bit up there in age, but at the same time, for whatever reason, I feel like AJ McCarron just thinks he is the answer and like he is the next franchise quarterback, which let's face it, you were Andy Dalton's backup and there's a reason for that. I think Josh McCown would come in. He's 39 years old. He would be a good teacher to whoever I'm going to draft because I am going to draft a quarterback coming up here. And you can you can get a good out. You know, Maybe he retires before the contract is up anyway. So with those two moves, there, Josh That Gordon, is a
0: good GMing right there where you give the contract that carries past his retirement. So you're like, hey, I'll backload it. I'll put all of your money in year three. And then you're like, oh, I got to retire before year three. And you're like, nailed it.
2: Yeah, and then you give them like a little wink, wink. Hey, I think we needed like a QB coach type of deal here. I, th- I think you should stick around Cleveland for a while. Yeah, um, Jordan. No, the power t- of Jordan and
0: Clark running the Browns is going to turn this team into a stable <laughs> franchise.
1: I feel like together we we're already doing a better, already
2: job. just doing such a better job. So after those two moves alone, Josh Gordon and Josh McCown. That still leaves me with $95.8 million in (laughs) cash, which is pretty awesome. But I wanted to take a lesson from the NBA because for all you NBA basketball fans out there, you learned that. Oh, not last season. The season before that, there was a giant salary cap boom. And all these teams just had all this money to play around with. And they gave guys like Timothy Moskov and Luol dang Sorry not to pick on you, Los Angeles Lakers. But they gave them fat That's contracts the that they just wanted to get out of this past year. And it was ridiculous. So I'm like, you know what? I do want to give out contracts. But I also don't want to bury myself in having large percentages of my cap space going to players who are going to bottom out in two to three years from now. So I was trying to be smart with it and give myself some outs. Um, I too gave Malcolm Butler a contract. Um, According to spot track, I use their market value for him. They had him valued about five years, 65 mil with like a $13 million average salary basically comes out to about 10 and a half mil per year, which I think is fine. And I think it keeps along a uh, age old NFL tradition of new England Patriots players leaving in disgust from new England. Cause they didn't get the contract and then going to the Browns. <laughs> so I wanted to join Jamie that. Collins there. Yeah. Jamie Collins, Jabal Shear didn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. He had this stint with the Browns. Oh, classic. Um, and then after that deal, 78.8 million left. So then I was looking around the league. I'm like, okay, bolster the defense a little bit more because I feel like the Jags can do it, the Giants can do it. Let's let's buy a Super Bowl caliber defense. So I'm gonna give Don Terry Poe a three year eighteen million dollar deal. He's still on the younger side, and very nice. Is, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Even though I'm the GM in this situation there's still a John Dorsey, Don Terry Poe connection from their shared time in Kansas city. So I think you could get a pretty good deal done there.
1: And you've just invested a lot on your defensive line with that one Oh one pick from last Mm, year. So bringing in some other threats on that line Mm. really like that.
2: Mm. Um, So yeah, I wanted to bolster the defense with Butler and Poe and then I flipped to the other side because I know I'm going to try to draft a quarterback in the draft. So I'm going to go back and grab Terrell Pryor and bring him back in on a one-year deal as another prove it deal to see if I can catch magic in a bottle again, just to, I mean, he's comfortable in Cleveland. He, for whatever reason, he was not good in Washington with a better quarterback, but he was okay in Cleveland. I think maybe if the pressure is a little lessened, you know, maybe you only have to help me win two games, Terrell. <laughs> that's all we, we need. can do this. That's a successful, that's a successful GMing.
1: If this helps in any way,
2: I believe in Terrell Pryor. I do too. I do, I do too. I really do. I think one bad injury plagued year was just who hurt the market value. Hey, who, who did really well in
1: Washington this year?
0: no one
2: yep no one <laughs> yeah
0: except for chris yeah, exactly. thompson then he got injured
2: right. so oh yeah chris thompson touchdown machine um so at the end of the day i that was all the free agent signings that i wanted to do there were some other players that i feel like well we can go out and grab them but i just don't think that the browns are going to be able to grab just all this top-notch Uh, free agent talent nor would I want them to Uh, 69.3 million at the end of my signings is a pretty good space to to work with Uh, you don't want the cap space tied up because they've been drafting all these young guys for years and years anyway that eventually that's going to catch up to them or they're going to have to hand out some big contracts if they want to keep that talent the draft part of it this is where I had some huge issues with picking players because there is there's so much pressure at the one in four pick. <laughs> my my main concern for the Browns and this is what I think who alluded to it, Pete, they have a lot of draft capital. They keep on getting a lot of draft picks, but it does not matter if they don't pick good players. So in this case, I'm like, you know what? We gotta keep the one in the four pick. We need as much blue chip talent as possible, no matter what position it comes at. So this is where I ran into some issues. So I have three different draft scenarios. My first scenario, and this is the one I like the strongest is drafting Bradley Chubb, number one overall and teaming him up with miles Garrett and Don Terry Poe on the offense on the defensive line. I think that is going to be the best case scenario for the Browns because even though, from what I saw on film, Bradley Chubb kind of looked like he might need two or three years to be an effective pass rusher, because uh, it looked like a lot like he was relying on just pure skill and, or not skill, but size, like his measurables mm-hmm. to get to the quarterback. So he might need two or three years, but with Miles Garrett, that timeline might speed up. And then at number four, I'm drafting Lamar Jackson right away. I'm not reading. <laughs> I am not waiting. I'm going for him at number four. (laughs) Reasoning. Because I think with Bradley Chubb at number one, I think that forces the Colts to, or not the Colts, the Giants to grab somebody, maybe they have to think about who they want. Do they want a quarterback or do they want to grab Saquon Barkley because they haven't had a running back in how long since TD Barber, basically?
1: And you know, the Giants will not draft a running back at right. 102.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know so I think that throws a wrench in it. I think they're going to go after like Rosen or Mayfield, one of those two, um, or even Sam Darnold. And then the Colts, the Colts have been mocked. Bradley Chubb in just about every mock draft. So Mm -hmm. I think that messes with their game plan too. a little AFC matchup espionage there. And I think they have to go with Barkley maybe. I mean, Frank Gore has found the fountain of youth, but I think, I think that (sighs) throws their big board off entirely um, with Bradley Chubb going, and that will allow me to grab Lamar Jackson at number four. And I think (laughs) I don't, I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's a great I love that. Oh, my God. I thought I was ballsy. He can throw a deep ball, and I, I've i got him troll Pryor, and he's got Corey Coleman, and he's got a pretty good offensive line. So why the heck not? Lamar Jackson. Uh, my other two scenarios are not as risky. Um, the second one is going full offense, which is – drafting Baker Mayfield, number one overall. And then Saquon Barkley at number four, if he's still there. Um, I'm going a little bit Dallas Cowboys-y here by getting who I think performed the best in college football this past year. I don't really care about measurables or anything like that at this point because Baker Mayfield, if you look at the stats, he was actually head and shoulders above every other college quarterback. Um, And then Saquon Barkley just, Get a little uh, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott magic in there. Uh, Third scenario, going Mayfield again. But this time drafting uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, the cornerback at number four overall, which is a situation where some might have argued that the Cowboys should have drafted Jalen Ramsey. I don't think Jalen Ramsey or I don't think Minka Fitzpatrick is as talented as Jalen Ramsey. But at the same time, I think this that scenario can help them a little bit more on the defensive side, especially with all the the hit and misses that they've had at that position. It's just they need some cornerback help. And Minka Fitzpatrick is pretty gifted, I would say. This is the problem with me going last is that like mm,
0: a lot of my bangers that I thought I was like, oh, man, this is just going to blow up the podcast (laughs) you guys have all touched on. But that's okay. Never fret. Um, but yeah, I I love I, guys. Honestly, if we just I feel like we should just at the crap out of the Browns with this podcast and be like, guys, guys, we have fixed your team. Hire us as your GM. We'll be a three headed GM and we will get you four wins, three wins.
1: And to be fair, we could rightfully say there is no way that this triumvirate could do worse we can't we the people you had in charge last year we
0: literally cannot do a worse job than the
2: uh regime before us so i'm just glad we're all super in on lamar jackson oh my <laughs> think, god of course god, i, I mean, think he's gonna be a great nfl quarterback
0: I am, I am there's before we get into my plan to save the browns there is a very real part of me that is just quietly hoping that people just keep ignoring Lamar keep ignoring Lamar and he falls into the Patriots lap at the end of the first or like in the in the second round and we're just like suddenly we have Brady's successor and he's just going to torment the world for the next 100 years and I am going to love every second of it
1: so my general personality is that I want to root for the underdog and as soon as I learned that there was a quarterback (laughs) who was, like, super fast, super agile, could flick the ball 70 yards downfield, but was black, and so people thought he was a wide receiver, he immediately became, became my favorite quarterback prospect <laughs> in the league. I'm like, 100%. I was like, I want all of you motherfuckers to be wrong because of your <laughs> stupid paradigms. I want this person to be successful.
2: 100% See, agree. The only thing here is Browns in real life. I am a little bit worried about their ability to develop an, a good quarterback. And Lamar Jackson, my only knock on him is that he might be a little bit too much first read. And then his instinct is to take off because right. that is his best one of his best abilities is just to run, run the hell out of the ball, which not always going to be able to do at the NFL level but once he becomes more of a, a third or a fourth read kind of guy, it's, it's over. Like he's going to be, I think he's going to be really good. I agree.
0: Uh, all right. So let's, uh, final plan on the day. Um, and not only will I tell you what I'm going to do, but I'll do you guys one better. I am going to let you listen in to what I'm going to do. So first I have to, uh, first I pick up my phone and I, Dial some numbers. Beep, 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 beep. beep. Uh, it's ringing. Excuse me. Bring, 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 bring. Uh, hello? Ah, Chris Ballard! How's it going? It's Pete. I'm the new GM of the Browns. Uh, yes, this is uh, Chris Ballard, GM of the Colts. Chris, I know that. I already introduced myself. GM for the Browns. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, What can I help you with today, Pete? Look, Chris, can I call you Cheeseburger? Cheeseburger. It's a big off season for you. You got a lot, a lot to do to fix your team. And I'm here to make sure that you have all the resources to help fix your team. Um, uh, Okay, Pete, I'm listening. So, you've got a quarterback. I've got literally everything else. Uh, let's uh, say we uh, uh, make the deal. What, what was that voice? That uh, Don't worry about it. Anyways, look, you don't know if Luck's going to be ready for the regular season. Dude hasn't thrown a ball in 300 years. What if he sucks? What if you're suddenly dealing with the Broncos, what they had in the final year of Peyton? You ain't got the defense to do anything with that lack of a competent quarterback. So, here's what I'll do for you. I'm going to take luck off your hands. I'm going to, I'm going to offer you here's what I'll offer you for the services of Anderson Lucker most.
1: So generous. I we're just we're just so I'm, generous. I'm sorry. such
0: a good guy here. I'm really I'm really helping uh Chris Ballard. Uh so I've got him on hold right now. Sorry. So so I can quickly talk to you guys. Yes, I'm helping Chris Ballard. You're um, making him sweat. Chris Chris I'm back. I'm back. I'm sorry. I just had to I was on hold to talk to my uh, fellow compatriots. Look, I'll give you the first overall pick along with the fourth overall. Plus, I'll throw in, ah, eh, let's just say the next five picks we have. Because, hey, why the hell not? Uh, I'll also give you Corey Coleman, a great young wide receiver who you can pair with T.Y. Hilton, and you don't have to then worry about re Dante Moncrief. I'll give you tight end self-develop. He went to Princeton, so you know that way your team's uh, overall intelligence level doesn't doesn't lose a beat by losing Andrew Luck because he went to Stanford. Seth Duvall went to Princeton. A lot of people say Princeton is the uh, Stanford of the East Coast. So I'm doing you a favor. Uh, and Jabril Peppers. Imagine Jabril Peppers. Imagine pairing him with Malik Cooker at another young talent safety. And, uh, Peter, I'm going to have to stop you. Wait, cheeseburger. Because I don't know. I know that's not still not enough for you. So I'll throw in, just as a gift to you, the rights. Johnny football so you can make sure that you can Have your quarterback for the future Uh, What do you say to that huh Uh, Go yourself (laughs) So once that all completely Blows up in my face I am obviously Confronted with the harsh reality that I still need a quarterback but Also what else do I need I need literally everything else so (laughs) Here's my free agency list Because the Browns need help everywhere and I'm Not going to get my hands on Andrew Luck Uh, First thing I'm going to sign Muhammad Wilkerson to approve a deal. He's had character issues in the past, but there are very few players out there that have his physical traits uh, and his ability when he is focused and locked
1: in. Uh, and Hugh Jackson comes from an organization notorious for signing felons. Exactly. Um,
0: and I'm really going to steer into that. Um so let's get Mo Wilkerson on a cheap contract. Let's get him on a his prove deal. A focused Mo Wilkerson with Miles Garrett would be devastating. So there's there's your attacking that defensive line. Uh like Jordan has already alluded to, I'm bringing back Terrell Pryor. Whatever the Browns did with Pryor worked. He is a freak athlete who is 6 foot 5. Um Get him back in that office, get him back on that team and work some magic with him. Pair him now with Josh Gordon finally. And if you if we're not since we're not trading Corey Coleman, Corey Coleman bumps into the slot. That is an explosive offense that you got your hands on right
1: there. The new NFL. Dictates that the more weapons you have at wide receiver, the better your team is. So the idea that having three quality do anything wide receivers is, is some kind of negative is just old. Oh. You can put four guys out there. You can run Josh Gordon out of the slot. You can run Corey Coleman out of the slot. What we've seen from Larry Fitzgerald and what we've seen from Jarvis Landry, like the the slot is just a new position. Who says now? We need to rethink. Uh, and just and just yeah,
0: the the Browns for whatever reason are the only teams that have been able to get anything out of Terrell Pryor. So, that's happening. Um, addressing the secondary, you guys both took a flat air, Malcolm Butler. While well, I love Malcolm Butler, uh, I didn't go that way because you know what I want in my secondary. I Very want a.
1: Man. Patriots, I don't right? want
0: to do that to Malcolm Butler first off. I don't want to thrust him in Cleveland. Um what I do want to do though is I want I want to start building a young secondary that I will not have to really address for for at least 4 to 5 years. So I'm going to bring in Kyle Fuller uh who has had a couple of great years and then he's had a few years where he's been banged up and it hasn't really been all that great. But I'm going to bring him in uh, on a on a good contract for maybe four to five years, and I'm going to be like, hey, you know what, Kyle? You're going to do your thing. You're our number one corner. I'm going to start building that secondary since I'm facing Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, and Andy Dalton twice a year. Really, it's just Big Ben. But, you know, we're going to be facing passing attacks. Finally, I'm going to quickly interrupt my train of thought because I feel that um, my delightful insight is being undermined by Jordan's cat. So. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: That was just rude, very rude. Um, and I and I'm so
2: cute. Not a thing. Oh,
0: it. it's adorable.
1: Look at the little fluffers.
0: <laughs> Look
1: at the anyway. little fluffers. <laughs> um,
0: anyways, where was I?
1: Okay, your anti patriots rant about how Malcolm Butler's not good. Exactly. Go on.
0: That sounds just like me. Uh, Final move of the final move of free agency is I'm gonna get me a motherfucking quarterback, Sam Bradford. Best quarterback performance versus Saints last year. He was putting the ball in locations that even uh, the greatest maestros of the uh, signal callers could only hope to imagine. Uh, He's injury prone, which we all know we're gonna take that consideration. So I think I can get him on maybe. Uh, not a cheap contract because no quarterback is getting signed to a cheap contract, but maybe on a slightly discounted contract. But at the very least, he is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, which is an instant upgrade for what I have and what I've had for the last, mm, let's say, 30 years. Plus, am I done with the quarterback position? Uh, Uh, hell no. I think all of us can know where I'm going with this. So we entered the NFL draft. I'm taking Saquon Barkley at number one, and every single person on earth poops himself. Uh, I get a reminiscent, I get a running back who's reminiscent of LaDaniel and Thomason in my backfield and is a weapon for Sam Bradford, is a weapon for this offense. I'm going to pull a Jaguars, but I'm going to do it better. At number four, uh, Jordan alluded to him in one of his many mock drafts. Uh, I'm taking Minka Fitzpatrick. Is he a safety? Is he corner? I don't know. Uh, but even if he put does play safety, he's just going to be a person who does everything on the field. A la Tyro Mayhew, which I would not be against at all putting that in my offense, in my defense. He can play free safety, play strong safety, he can come down and play in the slot as a corner. Um, or um, maybe, you know, there was another guy. Who came into the league who people were like, Oh, is he a, a corner or is he a safety? And uh, now he's the best freaking defender in the NFL. Don't so, don't say so, it. Pete. So, so maybe I'm just saying. Just saying, I'm not saying. Don't I won't say Jalen Ramsey. I won't say it. I won't Please. say it. Because he's not, because Mika Fitzpatrick is not Jalen Ramsey. But right. but maybe. Uh and then I'm doing the Clark method. Maybe we trade back into the bottom of the first, but at the very least, at the top of the second. Second round, first pick overall, I'm taking Lamar Jackson. Bradford doesn't pan out. Bradford gets injured. Fine. I have a freaking playmaker in Lamar Jackson sitting on my bench who's able to just take this team and run it to at least three wins. Tell me a team of Mohammed Wilkerson, Focus Mohammed Wilkerson, Terrell Pryor, paired with Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman, Kyle Fuller on the defensive end, paired with Minka Fitzpatrick, Saquon Barkley in the backfield, and Lamar Jackson sitting on the bench. Sam Bradford, signal caller. Tell me that doesn't get me at least three
1: wins. I feel like. As long as Hugh Jackson can play the Walter Matthau role, a la (laughs) bad news bears, this is like the best plan that I've heard for the Browns in like fifteen years. We've nailed it. Great,
0: we've we have basically fixed the
2: unfixable team. And you know what, Sam Bradford, you don't need a lot of money. You've already fleeced teams right tens of millions of dollars. You. You don't need a big contract. You can and just when that it. inevitable injury comes when he's like
0: four or five games into the season, and you're like, Oh, the Browns are a little bit frisky. And then Sam Bradford blows out his 700th ACL. Um, Lamar Jackson comes in, and all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson pulls a Deshaun Watson, and you're like, Why were they not starting Lamar Jackson from the beginning?
1: I feel like you've really hit on something here of like, <sighs> there are a lot of kind of mid level. 20 to 50th best quarterbacks in the league available and so the browns going out and getting somebody that is established that is a pro who may be able to bring something to the locker room like jordan like you alluded to with josh mccown like that would be a solid signing for this team to get someone in who legitimately is going to be the starter not bill O'Brien. Right. is going to be the starter awa tom savage but like but but bringing someone into the locker room who can play that role and who all of the expectations are on while they try to develop
0: lamar jackson
1: draft that's i mean they're drafting lamar jackson then i feel like that's a really solid move and they have plenty of cap to sign sam bradford who we know has had his bouts with injuries in the past you can give a guy like him like two years 25 million and not have it hamstring you in a couple of years that's
0: literally all i need one year one good year out of sam bradford to teach lamar jackson all he knows and then sam bradford can just reside on the bench lamar jackson takes over my last uh
1: my last Browns GM move, and I wanted to save this until the end, is after all of the dust has settled and I've I've established everyone that I want on my team, I signed Colin Kaepernick. Yes. So, yeah, because he That's is definitely not the 65th best quarterback in the world.
2: See, I my thing was when I was thinking of drafting Bradley Chubb at number one overall... I was thinking that would make the giants realize that, Oh crap. We have our choice of any quarterback that we want in this draft right now. And I think they would actually take a successor to Eli Manning because what is the point of having, you know, like a Saquon Barkley there if you don't have a quarterback, like all those weapons mean literally nothing. You have Odell Beckham, but it almost means nothing if you don't have a quarterback. So that's, why I think the giants are going to take a quarterback in that case. And that's why I want to grab Lamar Jackson at number four, because if you look behind the Browns at number four, you have the Broncos at five, the jets at six. I would, I wouldn't count the dolphins out at 11, or the Bengals at 12, who might be looking for an Andy Dalton replacement at some point soon. And then the Cardinals at 15. Right. All those teams, literally all those teams, have to consider a quarterback at some point in this draft. And if if a run of a couple early quarterbacks happens, then I think that could really start the avalanche for an early draft QB run.
1: Yeah, within the top 10, we have several teams that need a quarterback. After you get past eight, like you mentioned, maybe the Dolphins at 11, no one really needs a quarterback. So I think we're going to see a lot of fast and heavy action early. And that's why if I'm playing Browns GM, I'm I'm happy with what I can get at the end of the first, and I'm going to parlay that into you can have Josh. Rosen, you can have Sam Darnold. I'm going to go ahead and take my chance on this insane talent later,
0: and I get your first-round pick for the next 300 yeah. years. And
1: next year, I have five. Right? Good God, top 15. Because you yes. know these teams that draft quarterbacks are going to be terrible.
0: Right? Because yeah, because they're whoever they have as the incumbent starter is going. If it's a veteran, is going to leave or retire or whatever, and they're going to be thrown
1: into and chaos. That's why talking draft is my
0: favorite thing
1: in the world because there's just a million possibilities and that's why i think this exercise was good because the browns have i mean i don't know the last time someone had two picks within the top five i can't imagine that that's
2: (laughs) recently yeah the browns themselves except oh that's so damning did did they trade them no, the the Browns themselves. I think they had the one in the four pick a couple years ago. Well, I know they had three
1: oh. in the first and they passed on every good player Everyone. Who's in the NFL. Now. Well, oh, <laughs> and Trent Richardson and Johnny Menzel. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was it was
0: was that was that was that it was Johnny Manzel and who was the court Justin Gilbert. Oh, yeah Browns. Oh Browns.
2: See, the thing is This is why oh. you need fixing. Somebody's going to call the Browns and they're going to inquire about either the first or the fourth pick because they need a quarterback. Right. But guess what? The Browns are probably going to be scared shitless that that pick is going to be the next to Sean Watson because that's what happened last year. They traded that pick. Houston. They did it with Carson Wentz too. Yes. And Carson Wentz. I, th- I think they're going to have cold feet about it. Maybe. One thing that I
1: want to remind everyone about draft season is. When we're looking at the Browns picking or trading out of the four spot, let's remember that they're doing that because they passed on Deshaun Watson. That's
0: just that's just Clark's PSA to all Texans, fellow Texans fans. It's just when the fourth pick comes around, and you're <laughs> like, oh, that could have been us. Just remember, this pick is Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, man. Deshaun and Watson. Deshaun Watson has every chance in the world to lead the Texans to glory. That is it for today. Um... Cleveland Browns because I know you guys are listening we are all willing to take on general manager roles for your organization
1: that the three of us would be willing to split
0: the (laughs) salary of your current GM whatever you're paying your current GM the three of us would be happy to uh, take a third of that
1: I can VPN in from where I'm at now no problem. Let's do this.
2: Let's do it. Um, I am I am fielding other offers from other organizations though. So Cleveland, you gotta kinda kinda hurry it up damn, here. Jordan <laughs> just leveraging this into a, a raise for another team.
0: This is a true professional that we are dealing with on this team. Mr. Class, Mr. Class
2: is at his at his all-time high right now. uh um, Mr. Class's class is finished. <laughs> sorry
1: that was beautiful
0: we will be back at you uh next week to discuss who knows there'll be beautiful news and maybe clark will finally get his wish and we can talk take a deep dive into the texans cap space and how wonderful that team is we're looking um,
1: good pete we're looking good
0: uh, until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast and find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review, all of that good stuff. Give us five stars, even if you don't like us, just because, hey, it's nice to do. You know, The more stars you give us, the more likely we are to show up in searches. And, uh, you know, the people need to hear our beautiful ideas. <clears throat> Pay it forward. <laughs> Pay it forward. You can follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. And Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Uh, Cleveland Browns, we have saved your franchise. There is so much going on in the NFL. We will be back at you next week. Until then, peace.